Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Wikipedia page for Guy Boothby. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. That's right, everybody. Subscribe or Guy Boothby will come hit you in the booth. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. Guy Boothby is a request. I was on this podcast called Wake Up and Scream, which is a podcast where we talk about horror movies and I was a guest and we talked about the movie Jeepers Creepers, one of my favorites. And then one of the hosts, Josh Bermont, he suggested Guy Boothby. I don't know much about him. And I think we should dig in. Is his legacy coming up with the word booth? Wow. I am surprised that you asked that question. Shall we read? Yes. Guy Boothby. Guy Newell Boothby. 13th of October, 1867 to the 26th of February, 1905, was a prolific Australian novelist and writer noted for sensational fiction in variety magazines around the end of the 19th century. He lived mainly in England. He is best known for such works as the Dr. Nicholas series about an occultist criminal mastermind who is a Victorian forerunner to Fu Manchu and Pharaohs, the Egyptian, a tale of Gothic Egypt. Mummies, Curses, and Supernatural Revenge. Rudyard Kipling was his friend and mentor, and his books were remembered with affection by George Orwell. Biography. Boothby was born in Adelaide to a prominent family in the recently established British colony of South Australia. His father was Thomas Wilde Boothby, who for a time was a member of the South Australian Legislative Assembly. 
Three of his uncles were senior colonial administrators, and his grandfather was Benjamin Boothby, 1803 to 1868. Controversial judge of the Supreme Court of South Australia from 1853 to 1867. When Boothby was aged approximately seven, his English-born mother, whom he held in great regard, separated from his father and returned with her children to England. There he received a traditional English grammar school education at Salisbury, Lord Wymouth's Grammar, now Warminster School, and Christ's Hospital, London. Okay, there's a lot happening in there. Isn't Australia, like, they, I know the legend of that Australia was established as a criminal island, like where mm-hmm. they sent criminals to, and then the British established a colony there. I just want yeah. to know more about this. Well, yeah, because they follow the Queen. This is what this show is about. Or I about. guess the, the King. This is what this show is about, uh, following our curiosity in Wikipedia. So. Rest in peace, the queen. <laughs> yeah, we were besties. Following this, Boothby returned alone to South Australia at 16, where in his turn, he entered the colonial administration as private secretary to the mayor of Adelaide, Lewis Cohen, but was not contented with his work. Despite Boothby's family tradition of colonial service, his natural inclinations ran more to the creative than to the administrative, and he was not satisfied with his limited role as a provisional colonial servant. In 1890, aged 23, Boothby wrote the libretto for a comic opera, Sylvia, which was published and produced at Adelaide in December 1890. And in 1891, his second show, The Jonquil, an opera appeared. He also wrote and performed in an operetta, Dimples Lovers, for Adelaide's Garrick Club Theatre Group. The music in each case was written by Cecil James Sharp. His first literary ventures were directed at the theater, but his ambition was not appeased by the lukewarm response his melodramas received in Adelaide. Hence, when severe economic collapse hit most of the Australian colonies in the early 1890s, he followed the well-beaten path to London in December 1891. That's interesting. My only other knowledge of Adelaide is from Yummy Mummies. I don't know what that is. Um, It's an Australian reality TV series about wealthy pregnant mothers whose husbands buy them really big birthing gifts. Oh, I'm sorry. You misunderstood me. I was not asking you what it was. Oh. Boothby, however, was thwarted in his first bid for recognition as lack of funds forced him to disembark en route in Colombo, Sri Lanka and begin making his way homewards through Southeast Asia. According to family legend, the dire poverty he faced on this journey led him to accept any kind of work he could get. This meant working before the mast, stoking in ocean tramps, attending in a Chinese opium den in Singapore, digging in the Burma ruby fields, acting, prize fighting, cow punch, cow punching. This was followed by a brief sojourn on Thursday Island, a Melanesian island in the Torres Strait group recently annexed by the Queensland colony where he worked as a diver in the lucrative pearl trade, and finally by an arduous journey overland across the Australian continent home to Adelaide. While Paul Despasquel, author of the only Boothby biography, warns that this account of his travels may be somewhat glamorous, Boothby certainly traveled extensively in Southeast Asia, Melanesia, and Australia at this period, collecting a stock of colonial anecdotes and experiences that were to influence much of his later writing. 
Approximately two years later, Boothby finally reached London and succeeded in having an account of his peregrinations on the Wallaby or through the East and across Australia, published in 1894. The travel log met with reasonable success, which was matched later that year by Boothby's first novel, In Strange Company, a novel of adventure set variously in England, Australia, the South Seas, and South America. In Strange Company established a pattern that was to characterize the succeeding Boothby oeuvre. The use of exotic international and particularly Australasian locales that frequently function as an end in themselves superfluous to the requirements of plot. By October 1895, Boothby had completed three further novels, including A Bid for Fortune, the first Dr. Nicola novel, which catapulted Boothby to wide acclaim. Of the two other novels Boothby wrote in 1895, A Lost Endeavor was set on Thursday Island, and The Marriage of Esther ranged across several Taurus Strait Islands. Boothby continued to produce fiction at a ferocious rate, producing up to six novels a year across the range of genres prevalent at the Fin de Siquel and is credited with producing over 53 novels in total, not to mention dozens of short stories and plays. Wiki listeners, you can help support us by listening to this quick message while you look up on Google Maps where Melanesia is. All right. Thank you for listening to that message, Wiki listeners. We really appreciate it. You're helping us not get lost in the Asias. It's true. Death. Boothby died at his home, aged but 38 years in Boscombe near Burnmouth from complications arising from influenza on the 26th of February, 1905. His grave is in the town's Winborn Road Cemetery. Writing. Some of Boothby's earlier works relate to stories of Australian life, but later he turned to genre fiction, including crime fiction, imperial romance, science fiction, and gothic horror. Boothby's oeuvre is pervaded by an array of intriguing and subversive villains whose larger-than-life characters eclipse the unremarkable English protagonist. They range from the classic supernatural fiends of gothic to deformed freaks a particular penchant of boothby's to sophisticated international master criminals that anticipate the adversaries of ian fleming's james bond character in their depiction of the international master criminal and the revenge of the undead ancient egyptian Boothby's novels were influential in establishing two key tropes of the cinematic age, which persist long after the novels themselves have faded into obscurity. What were those key tropes? I don't don't know. Maybe we're going to find out. All right. Good luck to us. The Dr. Nicola series. Boothby was once well known for his series of novels about Dr. Nicola, an occultist anti-hero seeking immortality and world domination. The Adventures of Nicola were launched with the first episode of A Bid for Fortune, which was serialized in the Windsor Magazine, a rival to the Strand Magazine. Nicola is described as dressing in faultless evening dress, slender, having dark, peculiar eyes and dark hair, and white toad-colored skin. He lives in a bungalow on the Rue de Lafayette in Shanghai. Stanley L. Wood often illustrated the Nicola stories, and his portraits depict Dr. Nicola in white cravat and fur coat. 
with his perennial companion, the black cat Apollyon, named after a dark angel. Huge, baleful, gleaming-eyed, perched on Nicola's shoulder. Nicola Cosmopolitan Cultivated, Universally Feared, is highly intelligent, but unscrupulous. I love the illustration of Nicola on this page. It's great. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's hashtag goals right there. That is a great picture. John Clute writes that the heart of the series is devoted to the doctor's convoluted search for a Tibetan process that will resuscitate the dead and ensure immortality in the living. And there are some hints that unhampered by compunctions, armed with psi powers and blessed with a powerful experimental intellect, he may have reached his goal. Dr. Nicholas starred in a play, The Adventures of Dr. Nicola, by Ben Landek and Oswald Brand, which ran briefly in London in 1902. That probably needs to be rewritten because it sounds like Dr. Nicola is a real person who starred in a play. Yeah, that's <laughs> Not that true. he was the lead character. <laughs> Suddenly he just sprung to life. Other novels. In A Prince of Swindlers, he created the character of Simon Carn, a gentleman thief in the Raffles mold with an alter ego as the eccentric detective Klimo. Carn first appeared in Pearson's magazine in 1897, predating Raffles by two years. Pharaoh's the Egyptian, 1899, is a thriller with romance and some supernaturalism in which a very sinister old man, Pharaoh, proves to be Fatmas, a mummy who has survived through the centuries with full magical powers. The Curse of the Snake, 1902, is referred to by Brian Stableford as the most interesting of Boothby's novels. However, Stableford states that Boothby very obviously made up his novel plots as he went along and that therefore this novel concludes with a woefully inadequate explanation of its marvelously creepy opening sequence. Ghost Stories Boothby wrote a number of ghost stories, mainly from his collections Uncle Joe's Legacy and Other Stories, 1902, and The Lady on the Island, 1904. Amongst the best known of these are The Black Lady of Bryn Tor, A Strange Goldfield, and The Lady on the Island and Remorseless Vengeance. These have been reprinted in horror anthologies edited variously by Richard Dalby, Hugh Lamb, Lee Blackmore, and James Doig. My favorite title of these is Remorseless Vengeance. That's pretty dope. Now, we have the bibliography and it's just a list of these titles. Normally, I would say we would skip this, but I think we should just read them because his titles are interesting and it's kind of amazing the number that he did. Yeah, there's a lot here. Are you ready to go? Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Bibliography. Dr. Nicola, A Bid for Fortune or Dr. Nicola's Vendetta, a.k.a. Enter Dr. Nicola. Note included in the Wordsworth Editions Omnibus, Dr. Nicola, Master Criminal, 2009. 2. Dr. Nicola, 1896, a.k.a. Dr. Nicola Returns. Note, included in the Wordsworth Editions Omnibus Dr. Nicola Master Criminal, 2009. 3. The Lust of Hate, 1898. Note, Dr. Nicola makes only a peripheral appearance in this novel. 4. Dr. Nicola's Experiment, 1899. 5. Farewell, Nicola, 1901. Other works. Other books written by Guy Boothby include... 
on the Wallaby or through the East and across Australia, 1894. In Strange Company, a story of Chile and the Southern Seas, 1894. A Lost Endeavor, 1895. The Marriage of Esther, a Torres Straits sketch, 1895. The Beautiful White Devil, 1897. Bushagrams, 1897. The Fascination of the King, 1897. The Phantom Stockman, 1897. Sheila McLeod, a heroine of the Back Blocks, 1897. The Duchess of Wilshire Diamonds, 1897. Across the World for a Wife, 1898. <laughs> Billy Binks, Hero and Other Stories, 1898. Love Made Manifest, 1899. Pharos the Egyptian, 1899. The Red Rat's Daughter, 1899. A Sailor's Bride, 1899. Long live the king, 1900. A maker of nations, 1900. A prince of swindlers, 1900, aka the viceroy's protege. The woman of death, 1900. The boundary rider, a play in one act, 1901. A cabinet secret, 1901. The jonquil, 1901. A millionaire's love story, 1901. My Indian queen, being a record of Sir Charles Verinder. Baronet in the East Indies, 1901. The Mystery of the Clasped Hands, 1901. The Rickshaw, a farce in two acts, 1901. My Strangest Case, 1901. The Childerbridge Mystery, 1902. The Curse of the Snake, 1902. The Kidnapped President, 1902. Uncle Joe's Legacy and Other Stories, 1902. Connie Burt, 1903. The Countess Landa, 1903. The League of Twelve, 1903. A Queer Affair, 1903. <laughs> nice. Twofold Inheritance, 1903. A Bid for Freedom, 1904. A Bride from the Sea, 1904. A Consummate Scoundrel, 1904. A Desperate Conspiracy, 1904. The Lady of the Island, 1904. A Professor of Egyptology. The Black Lady of Bryn Tor, a Strange Goldfield. An Ocean Secret, 1904. A Brighton Tragedy, 1905. A Crime of the Underseas, 1905. For Love of Her, 1905. In Spite of the Tsar, 1905. A Lost Endeavor, 1905. The Race of Life, 1906. A Royal Affair and Other Stories, 1906. A Stolen Pier, 1906. The Man of the Crag, 1907. In the Power of the Sultan, 1908. That is everything that Boothby wrote, I think. That we know. <laughs> that was a lot. That was, a, yeah, that was so many. But the, those titles are really cool. Yeah, he's no joke. Boothby's great. I think I'm going to try to read one of his novels. I will download that on my Kindle. Make it a thing. I'm going to download A Queer Affair, just because, like, obviously. Just because it has the word queer in it? Yeah. <laughs> Suit yourself. Anyway, big thanks to... Wake Up and Scream podcast and Josh Vermont for suggesting Guy Boothby. This has been the Wikipedia page for Guy Boothby. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your many novels. If there's a Wikipedia page you'd like us to read, let us know. We'll read it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.